You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Wednesday edition, my favorite time of the week. Nick Winkler joining the podcast today. Another Winky Wednesday episode. Get into everything going on with the 49ers. Turn the page from week one to week two of the preseason calendar. I take that back. We're going to talk more about week one tomorrow with Croc uh, into those wide receivers. Maybe ask Wink a little bit about the wide receivers and fullback Josh Hokett. But uh, the 49ers had to cut a few players on the first cut down day this Tuesday. We'll talk about all of that. Get into some of your questions as well at BD Peacock, at Eric underscore Crocker, and at Barry Wink is where you can find all of us on Twitter. And I want to let you guys know about the live fantasy football show going on Wednesday evening, August 18th, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, live on YouTube. Go subscribe on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. Our stable of fantasy experts will answer your questions live. You can also submit them to the at Locked On Network Twitter handle, just tune in to the Locked On NFL YouTube show Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. My co-host from the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, Matt Williamson, will be one of the panelists there on that program. Get all your fantasy questions answered. And now, let's bring on today's guest. Nicholas Winkler, come on down! Wink, are you going to hit up the live fantasy football show on the Locked On Podcast Network Wednesday night and ask him some questions about oblong balls and... and and figure out how you can get over the hump and take down my powerhouse squad in that league. Well, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, now I know why Peacock is so good because he's got, you know, Williamson in his back pocket. That's awesome. Yeah, because I have the resources of the Locked On Podcast Network, and now the listeners can too, live on the Locked On, Locked on <laughs> NFL channel I'm Wednesday night on YouTube. All right, that, we, we've pumped that show enough. It will be fun, though. I'm definitely going to tune into that one, too. So uh, we can talk trash to each other in the chat because I'm not actually on the show. I'll just be giving everybody a hard time for the most part. Um, Wink, are you stinking on anything? What did you think of that first preseason action? Did, was there any big major takeaways watching that game for you? Oh, I mean, Aaron Banks, right? That, to me, is like the number one thing that's terrifying to me where it's like, oh, is this is it happening again? You know, did they fail again on an early pick? interior alignment like that's just bad like oh that i'm stinking on that like that to me is, is an issue i'm not a big fan of, of wasting draft picks and it looks like well uh, i know work out <laughs> i was too early it's it's one game right croc You're should right. we all calm down a little bit one game he wasn't great according to pro football focus his pass blocking grade was any guesses Zero. wink Zero, right? Zero, Zero. Zero. <laughs> which is something i've never heard First of all, i didn't even think that was possible but nick that's what's up, man. Like, you're the first person. Everybody talks about everything else that's going on in that game. But the, your main takeaway was you're scared that this is Joshua Garnett 2.0. Yeah, Dwayne yeah, is on fire. Yeah, it was such a failure with Garnett. It's like, oh, God, this again? Like, oh, no. You know what's even worse? That Peacock and I were both like, we don't see it. We don't yeah. see it. We watched the film and we're like, I think they're lying and trying to hype up. I don't know what it was that they were trying to do, but whatever it was, we did not see it. And I remember even watching the like when they showed the little highlights because I didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. When I was watching the highlights, right after he got picked, I want to say whoever who's the guy is it Creed Humphrey? Who's the guy from Ohio State? I think it was Oklahoma. He was like a center, Creed, and he was yeah, crushing Creed people. Humphrey from like, Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma. Okay, and I'm like. 
that looks like the guy they should have drafted. Like mm-hmm. he's crushing people, he's playing with a mean streak, and they're showing highlights of of uh Banks, and they're like, Oh, he's so mean and he's so physical, and everything looks yeah. like so super soft and like teddy bearish. <laughs> and I'm like, we watched the film, and I'm like, I mean, he's a big dude, like he's a wall to get around, and he does a really good job when guys are just directly in front of him. But any type of movement, movement ability, like Mm-hmm. He was not good. He wasn't no. getting space, and I I just didn't see it. But I don't know. They sold people a dream. I, I'm with you, man. I am terrified that this is Joshua Garnett, especially when you pass on guys who I thought would be really good. And right. one, Terrace Marshall had a big play. And then uh, Asante Samuel Jr., who had a nice play against uh, Keenan Allen in practice. So uh, those are two guys where I was like, oh, yeah, th- this is who you need to take. They took another guy who, to me, I, I just I never saw it. But hopefully I'm wrong. Yeah, Asante was the guy I thought they might have gone for before they traded down. But after they traded down, I think it was the Chargers that traded up to snipe Asante Samuel because he probably thought the Niners were going to draft him right there. And who knows, the, the Niners might have, but he went off the board one pick before they selected Aaron Banks. For me, you mentioned one of them, Terrace Marshall, um, just with the size. and the. By the way, was he injured or something in that game? You see how quickly he got caught from behind on that long catch? Croc, you watched the, uh, the Panthers yeah. game, right? So I, I put that out there and was talking about how do you guys hear that? Can you guys hear that thunder? Yeah. Oh, is that thunder? Whoa. I thought you were touching your microphone or something. Me too. No, that's thunder. Yeah, but um, so sorry about that. Take cover. Do you have a basement or something? <laughs> Mother Nature's not uh, feeling this right now in the south, but um, and it's like ninety degrees outside. Ugh. But anyways, uh, yeah, he got ran down. And I put it out there like, man, I'm gonna have to start questioning the the legitimate legitimacy of these LSU 40 times with him and Jamar Chase because they had them sub four threes and I'm like or sub four fours and I'm like dude I don't care what like if you're close to four three anything you're not getting chased down when you have a five yard head start on a guy and you catch the ball in stride mm-hmm. so he got hugged down there were some people that were saying that he is coming off of some sort of injury I don't know he every time I've looked he's been participating in practice so i don't know what they're talking about but maybe that contributed to it because he got ran down pretty good that was one of the By reasons guy I th- that wasn't fast like was not a speedster like no, the no. guy that ran him down like it wasn't like he was somebody that ran in the four threes or four twos like a dante robinson or something like that i mean he's a db it was it was a fast player but he he got ran down like he was a tight end and not a wide receiver runner right there <laughs> and, and he's fat. Yeah. even if he ran a four or five flat he shouldn't got run down that quickly that's why i thought either he's fatigued he's tired or maybe there wasn't a lingering injury. And that was one of the reasons I heard about why Terrace Marshall. So the three guys I was looking at for the 49ers at that pick, it was just three guys that really stood out to me. It was Jeremiah Wusu-Kormoa, it was Terrace Marshall, and it was Aziz Ojolari, pass rusher from Georgia, who the New York Giants drafted a few picks later. Those three guys I thought were first-round players, and all three of them had some injury red flags. But all three of them were healthy enough to play in the first preseason games, too. So obviously the health thing wasn't really an issue, so I don't know if that's why they fell out of the first round or not, um, maybe that's a reason the 49ers decided to go with someone like Aaron Banks because the thing about Banks is I thought he was a high-floor player because of how many games he had played. He, he didn't right. get injured a lot. And I was like, okay, that's what they're looking for. And he didn't get beat as a passer. He got beat more in the first preseason game of his career than he did in <laughs> the last 500 pass block attempts in college. I think he gave up two sacks in two seasons. So um, maybe there's a lot more there for him, but it was a rough start for him. And you can't bury the young man yet, but there was some really good players. And by the way, all three of those guys showed up in their first preseason games that I would have been looking at at that pick for the 49ers. Asante Samuel looking pretty good too. Obviously, after they traded down, Asante Samuel was gone. There wasn't much else there at corner. If they wanted a corner, they would have had to take him right there before they moved Who's down. Who's your shadow pick? 
Uh, so, the, so the re, the way I've been doing it recently is that I pick a player for who the 49ers should take, and then my roster, because I've been keeping track of my own depth chart of guys I would have picked and how, what they would have plugged in at. I'm stacked at wide receiver. I got Keenan Allen and DK Metcalf. I'm not gonna take a wide receiver. <laughs> so for me, I took for my shadow team Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, but for the Niners okay. pick, it was Terrace Marshall. Gotcha. Yeah, and it was hard to pass on Aziz Oshilari because I thought they could use that sort of. You know, very similar profile to D Ford, you know, athletic, maybe undersized edge rusher, but a good pass rusher. The 49ers might have their Terrace Marshall in Trent Sherfield. My goodness. Mm-hmm. He's not slow. He doesn't get caught from behind, that's for sure. No. Not even close. <laughs> no, he's looking good, man. You gotta like that. And Juwan Jennings too looking good out there. They got some nice young receivers there. So here's, might blossom into something. Here's a question for you to ponder. We'll answer it in just a second. I'm gonna start with the question though. Trent Sherfield. Juwan James, are those guys looking really good, or is it just that there's not much else on the roster at wide receiver for them to compete with? And it's mm. it shows how bad. Sort of like the Jimmy G thing we had talked about in the past. Was Jimmy J Jimmy G really that much better because of his record as a starting quarterback for the 49ers, or is he just look that much better because his competition has been Brian Hoyer and C.J. Beathard and Nick <laughs> Mullins? Right. So right. which is it? You guys ponder that for just a second, and we'll answer those questions. We'll answer some of the listener questions as well coming up here on Winky Wednesday, Lockdown 49ers. Nick Bosa on track. He's been handled very delicately in training camp, as he should be. He's too important to the 49ers season. He's got to be ready for week one, and that is still the plan. And if he is and plays 17 games, he could be your league leader in sacks. And right now you can get 20 to 1 odds on Nick Bosa leading the NFL in sacks for the 2021 season. There's about a dozen guys ahead of him, and I don't think Nick Bosa should be behind a dozen pass rushers in the NFL. You think the 49ers might win the division, win the Super Bowl, rookies of the year, a couple of them potentially on the 49ers roster. You can find those odds at betonline.ag. The fastest, easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. BetOnline covers awards shows, TV shows, reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine, including NFL, Major League Baseball, uh, in NBA already doing Summer League and is going to be back in action before you know it, as will the NHL. BetOnline has you covered for news and scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. All you got to do is use your mobile device or your computer. Head over to betonline.ag. Today, sign up using promo code Locked On. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is betonline.ag, promo code Locked On, your online sportsbook experts. I've got a question that I just asked you folks, and I know the listeners are waiting with bated breath to get the answers to those questions. But first, I want to talk about some news because I have a feeling we're going to go off on another tangent and we're not going to get to these things. And we got to cover the latest news with the 49ers. The 49ers have added a player. They have claimed Devontae Harris, cornerback, fifth-round pick in 2018 by the Cincinnati Bengals. He's bounced around a little bit in his NFL career, been with the Broncos, the Ravens, now claimed by the 49ers off of waivers. He has appeared in 30 games, registering 50 total tackles, 40 solo, and... Uh, I asked off the air, Croc, if you knew anything about Devontae Harris, our cornerback expert, and I was surprised that he was a player that you hadn't even seen a lot of. So that's how little he's been putting on tape in his NFL career. But the 49ers needed a body I, I had corner. to Google him. I yeah, had to Google exactly. him just now. Like, okay, like, and then it's guy? like, okay, how does he spell Devontae? Because there's like 30 Devontae's in the NFL. None of them spell their name the same. 
I feel like there has to be like they have to come together, all the parents of the Devontes, and come together <laughs> with some universal way to spell his name. Exactly. Because like, dude, like I, I I've screwed up so many tweets spelling Devonte Smith the way that Devonte uh, Allen spells his name. Okay. And then I'm and then I just stop I just stop spelling out Devontae's Smith uh, Devonte Adams name. I just put Tay Adams or Tay no. Adams. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like it, Tay. And, and so Devontae Harris is a T-A-E, which I was oh, surprised man. to see. Dante, too. Same thing. Like, there's like D-O-N-T-E, D-A-N-T-E. Yeah. yeah. And then Dante Johnson has like an A-E at the end. It's like, come on, what and are we then, doing? Uh, someone's got, one of them's got an apostrophe in there for no reason. Because it's not Deontay, <laughs> right? It's still Dante. So I don't know. So I see some umlauts in there. I tried to throw the apostrophe in on Leo's name. There's a lot of uh, there was a lot of prospective names when we were naming our son, and I was like, "Can we, can we get an apostrophe in there?" And my wife wasn't having it. Yeah, I wouldn't Good recommend effort. it. Yeah. The 49ers made some cuts, though. They didn't just add a player. They had to get down to 85 players. Next Tuesday, they'll have to cut down to 80. Then the following Tuesday, after the third preseason game, they will have to cut down to the final 53 man roster. And Josh Rosen. Croc, you mentioned it off the air, and I think you're dead on with this one. The reason Josh Rosen got the work with the third team in the first preseason game is because they wanted to give him a chance to put some stuff on tape because they knew they were probably going to cut him, and they wanted to have either be impressed by him enough to keep him or give him an opportunity to put some things on tape so he could get picked up somewhere else. Josh Rosen has been cut by the 49ers along with wide receiver, rookie undrafted free agent Austin Watkins Jr., Joshua Perkins tight end, defensive lineman Eddie Vanderdose. Uh, undrafted linebacker James Burgess Jr., linebacker Donald Payne, and cornerback Ken Webster. Do any of those names jump out to uh, to you, Croc? I mean, you know, just just the receiver Watkins. I mean, there were a lot of people that had high expectations for him coming out. I never really have high expectations for undrafted uh, prospects, but you know, just a guy like that. Really thugged it out. That's why I call it. Like he thugged it out, man. Like you could tell he noticeably was limping in that game, and he worked through that, fought through that. I understand what it is to be at the bottom of the roster, and it's like, dude, like I can't be hurt, even if I'm hurt. So kudos to him for trying to stick through it, and eventually, you know, hey, uh, has some type of fracture in his foot or whatever. He tried to work through that, but um, I'm pretty sure Kyle Shanahan likes those type of guys, and will bring them back for an injury reserve, IR, whole designated thing, and he'll have a uh, the opportunity maybe later this year to uh, revert to the practice squad. Yeah, and you have to waive a rookie before you can put him on IR. So do it now because they knew they had to make those first cuts and he's already hurt. And Kyle Shanahan said it happened early in the game and he, it sounded like he was impressed and he liked it a lot. He loved seeing him fight through that injury and still try to play, even though who knows, maybe it ended up being worse for him. He ended up getting hurt more, who knows. But uh, Austin Watkins will most likely revert back to the 49ers IR and because since he's hurt, he won't get picked up, I'm sure, by another team. And Probably will go back to the Niners practice squad when he comes off of IR at some point and maybe end up on the roster if they need some reinforcements later in the season. But I don't think we have seen the end of Austin Watkins, but I think we have seen the end of Josh Rosen. <laughs> Winky said something funny before we started recording. We were talking about this. Austin Watkins is like, it's like I don't want to be the next Jalen Hurd, right? Yeah, you got to get out there, I want right? to get out there and play. <laughs> when Shanahan tells you, like, I don't know why he's not practicing. I don't know why he's not out there. Don't like, ask him. Yeah, like, uh, again, that's a hint, man. Get on the field. Today, again, at practice, he's off on the side doing drills. He's not out there with the wide receivers. Like, take a book. Take a page out of Watson's book, man. Like, what kids? Like, the kid's out there playing. He's playing on broken foot. Like, heard you want to make this squad, man. You better do something. You better show up. Be tough. 
Yep. His I, days I'm, are numbered. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, he's not on my projected wide receiver depth chart right now. I think there's five that have a really good shot. Uh, I put my list of five guys actually before the first preseason game, and nothing I saw in the preseason game made me want to change that. Um, when it comes to Sherfield and Juwan Jennings, that were both on that list for me, along with Muhammad Sanu, and then the two starters, Debo and Ayuk, those are the five that I think are, are pretty locked in at the top five spots. Heard, does he have a chance to finally get on the field one of these last two preseason games, earn one of those spots? I'm not sure. Is that sixth spot, does it need to be a special teamer? Richie James would be the incumbent there. Someone has to beat him out for a roster spot, and we'll get to those names in a second. we have a guy. What's that? We have a guy that's kind of trying to beat him out, right? I know we have a Hold on, I'm going to get to that mm-hmm. first. But I'm going to ask the question first about Sherfield, about Jawan Jennings. They've looked pretty good, and they looked, yeah. they looked as advertised. There had been good reports about them in camp. They looked good in that first preseason game, especially the speed on Trent Sherfield. Is that a factor of them being good, or is that a factor of just the guys they're competing with? Because um, there's not been a lot impressive with the 49ers, especially you know downfield speed-wise, really for years, and especially on the roster after Debo and Brandon Ayuk. Are they standing out because of their competition on the roster, or are they standing out because these guys are legit? Man, I think there might be a, a little bit of both there, right? And that's kind of a cop-out answer. But I think ultimately what you're looking for with those guys is not so much a guy like to be your wide receiver one or wide receiver two or anything like that. You just – can a guy have like a specific niche, a right. specific role, right? So when you look at Juwan Jennings, like can you just be kind of like that big body guy? They did a good job of getting him the ball in space, a couple of screens, right? He played uh, mostly in the slot, but I actually watched and saw – a few reps of him play, um, running routes on the outside. So, you know, can you come in and just do something very specific? And if so, then it doesn't matter, like, what you do, like, as far as your numbers and everything in the preseason, just the fact that, okay, we can utilize you. But I do think with uh, Trent Sherfield, I think there's a little bit more there. And, and I don't know. I'm confused right now because I want to say, well, no, he had multiple years in, in Arizona to showcase his ability, and he just didn't, right? So maybe we are kind of – blowing this whole thing out of proportion. But every report has been that he's been killing it in training camp. And then he comes in and he catches a bomb and outruns multiple guys in the secondary. At some point, his skill set is what his skill set is. Now, again, there are roster politics. And no matter what he does in training camp or preseason, once the once they actually start the games, Debo and Ayuk, I mean, those are the guys. Oh, yeah. But it's like, can he beat out Muhammad Sanu? And eventually just kind of replace Kendrick Bourne in that role. And unlike Kendrick Bourne, he has more vertical speed, more long speed. So can he do that? And I think the answer so far, at least if you look at what everything's coming out, it's yes, he yeah. can be that Kendrick Bourne that actually stretches the field. And if you can do that, you have three legitimate receivers. And I think that's what the 49ers have wanted all along. So I'm curious to see how this whole thing plays out. I still don't I don't want to get too excited, but I'm liking what I'm seeing so far, especially from Trent Sherfield. Jennings, it was just like, all right, like through a couple screens, like, all right, like anybody can kind of do that, but it looked good. But Trent Sherfield, it's a little different. Wait, you mentioned Bourne. You know, that that to me is a is a big spot that the 49ers need to fill. You know, that's a that's a hole that he left when he went off to New England. That he's that third down guy, he's that chain mover, he's that dependable guy you look for over the middle. If Sherfield can go be that guy or Jennings can be that guy, like that's fantastic. You you need that sort of thing. And you mentioned Sherfield, you know, not but he hasn't, maybe he hasn't blossomed yet. You know, there, you, you look at Mostert, he didn't blossom until he's like 28 years old. You know, he just bounced around from team to team, special teams guy. And all of a sudden he figured it out in the 49ers system. Like maybe that's going to happen with, with Sherfield here now. And that, that's something to kind of look, look forward to. You mentioned the speed downfield. He's got it. And he's a big guy. Like 
you got to take a chance on a guy like that. Uh, a lot of it sometimes is just like the opportunity. And I mean, sure. roster politics, it's a real yeah. thing. Arizona in one offseason, while Trent Sherfield was there, they drafted three receivers. Right. So you draft the Hakeem Butler, Andy Isabella, and Keyshawn Johnson, who he looks to be better than all three of those guys, but they're going to get a lot of the opportunities before right. a Trent Sherfield is, right? Because we use draft capital on these guys. Then they brought in, the, and they also had Christian Kirk. They also have Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins now. So it's just, it's hard when you are that guy to really come in and really, you know, and now, and especially if you don't, if you're not getting the downfield targets like the 49ers seem to just be giving them those opportunities. Now he's showcasing it and he just keeps moving up more and more. I like Sherfield. I think he's legit. I, he had flashed a little bit in, in a couple games I remember seeing as a Cardinal. But yeah, you're right. I think roster politics really got him and he was so far down on the depth chart. And just seeing him get a little bit of an opportunity. And he tested like a dude. I mean, 6.93 cone, which is great for short area. Uh, 4.45, uh, 40-yard dash time. He's got size. He's over 6 feet tall. So uh, there's a lot to 220? like. 220? Yeah. About 220? Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, he... He's a big dude. Did you see that picture they had of him? And it's like, you just see all the muscles in his arms and everything. Dude's <laughs> rocked up, man. And he's completely locked in because he's on good special teamer on, on coverage units. And I think he might be able to return a little bit too. I don't know. That's the other thing to look forward to. And and we'll know Richie James' time could be over if they could fill, if they could keep just five wide receivers and then maybe keep someone like Jordan Ooh. Matthews as the sixth wide receiver and also the fourth tight end or something like that. Um, and maybe they can save a little bit as long as some other guys can return. Can Ayuk return punts? Can somebody else return kickoffs? And then you can replace Richie James. And you don't need a sixth wide receiver. So maybe that's, maybe that's all the 49ers will take. So uh, who knows? But there is a name, right? Simba Webster? What do you think? Wink? Can he, good, can he make right? the roster? He looked electric. Had a little you know, something. You can't, you can't argue with what you see. You, know, you could say, oh, he's not going up against the best defense, or you know, maybe it's the third guy on special teams really trying to make a squad going after him. But, I mean, he looked good. He's cut. He's, he was fast. He was quick. He looks like he made good decisions when the ball was in his hands. Like, why not, right? You need playmakers. Special teams is a big part of the game. Another guy, though, he's. it's not like he's an undrafted rookie this year. He's... Been around for three years. I think he was uh, he was undrafted free agent out of Eastern Washington in 2019. So he's bounced okay. around 5'9", 176, 180 pounds. Looked a little bit bigger than that. Uh, ran four five fives at his pro day at Eastern Washington in 2019. So hasn't really caught on anywhere. And that's why I'm thinking it's like they bring in these guys and like, hey, this guy's got some juice to him. It's like, why does every guy off the street? look better than the guys the 49ers already have at the back end of the roster at wide receiver. You know, what's going on there? That's what really made me want to ask that question. It's because they're in red and gold. Everybody looks better in red and gold. Come on. Yeah, that's what we talked about yesterday with Croc. You look faster <laughs> in that uniform. You have to because you just look yeah. good. That's right. Speaking of which, Jordan Matthews, what do you think? How, how do you think he looked out there at tight end? I, I thought he looked better than expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was mixing it up with defensive ends. Didn't look any less athletic with the with the added weight. So, I'm all in. Did you I hear mean, about his meal plan? No. Yeah. It's crazy. He talked about it. What do you, I mean, he gained this weight. I'm, I was thinking this was something that gradually happened. It was like over a month or so. He gained yeah. 25 pounds. Every he went time. and worked out with Louisville and was eating like seven meals a day. Yeah. But it was like working hours, out really hard. Every three hours, he ate a full meal. So wait. So when he was at Trey Lance's pro day, he was wide receiver. Jordan yeah. Matthews still. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. 
Yeah, he did it over a month or something, like 24 days, like something ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, good for him. I mean, he, he still looked, like you said, he didn't look like a, the extra weight slowed him down. He still looked fast. He looked strong. No, I, I liked what I saw. He was legitimately mixing up. I mean, there's yeah. not this T- Tim Tebow stuff. He was mixing it up with defensive ends and winning and blocks. Uh, I was blown like away he, by that. He was, looks like he was enjoying it, too. Like, he was really liking blocking. That, that's awesome. I think he's that type of guy like that gets excited over things like that. If you remember the Nick Bosa sack and he's in the back with the acting like he has the yeah. flag and he was going along with it and he was That's just all right. excited. So he might just be that guy that just there's some people that really just enjoy playing football. And I think he's one of them. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's finish up this episode of Winky Wednesday with listener questions next. Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. There is something for everyone at Built.com. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. Uh, If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're missing out because there's so many good ones. Peanut butter, my number one. You got coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. Those are the originals, but they are always rolling out specialty flavors. So go to Built.com, buy yourself a box, mix your own box of Built Bars. Not only are those Built Bar flavors the best tasting protein bar out there, they are healthy too. Check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only four or five grams of sugar and only four or five grams of net carbs in every bar, amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, and Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% at Built.com. I want to go to Christopher here, who has a very important topic of conversation here. He says, why is Croc growing his beard, and how long will it last? He also says... It looks good, dude. So I think it looks fine, Croc, but I don't know. I feel like you're trying to uh, compensate for something else by growing your beard out. What's going on here? Well, I went bald. So once I went bald, I'm like, I got to figure out something else to kind of take the attention off my bald, shiny head. So somehow I just started being able to grow a beard. I was never able to grow a beard before. It works for you. I like it. Thank you. My wife likes it. So I actually can't cut it now because she she laid down the law. All three of us got the beards rocking. I know that game. Yeah, I grew my beard long one time. She's just like, "Nope, you're keeping it like that from now on." It's like, oh, "All right, all right." A little sweaty right now in the summer, but more Croc love from Cancer Sucks dot Go Niners on Twitter. He says, "Love the analysis, Croc. You're killing it on the pod." How about Lance's demeanor after every sack? He stayed cool. Hashtag Joe Cool. What was that reminiscent of Joe Montana? What do you think, Wink? You like the you like the cool factor of the young twenty one year old not getting. You know, not getting a little too, uh, not getting like over his skis and overexcited in his first NFL action. Yeah, you got to love that, right? You got to love the way he handled it afterwards too, saying like, no, they're all my fault. You know, like just taking full responsibility, like knowing the position that he's in as the leader of, you know, the the future leader of this football team. You got to love that. And you got to be cool in a position like that or or it's just going to, the game's going to pass you by. We had a question about quarterbacks, and now that Josh Rosen is cut, I don't know if Hey Dude, um, this definitely was asked to us by Hey Dude before Rosen was cut, but I think it still applies. He says, do the Niners keep three quarterbacks and continue to shop Jimmy on the trade block for a QB needy team during the season, or do they just keep 
two. What do you think? With Sudfeld being locked in as the number three for now, do they roll into the season with three? Do you shop Jimmy? Do you keep three with Jimmy either way? I think they just keep Jimmy. Like, I, I, I that's what I think. And unless somebody just came calling. Again, if somebody has an injury yep. and they make an offer you can't resist, unless that happens, Jimmy's going to be here. But did you guys hear uh, John Lynch's comments? Yeah. Where he's like, well, Jimmy's the starter for now. He's but like, he, but you know, we'll see what we'll see what happens. He says that <laughs> he said it's like, yeah, it's up to Kyle. Kyle's the coach. It's not. No, up to me. no, he no. It was like this, things could change. Oh, there's a new like one. He, he left. Yeah, like yeah, open. things can change. Like we'll see what happens. Like yeah. Wow, that yeah. means he's uh, fielding phone calls or making phone calls. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of obviously there's like three trades today. So you know, bottom of the roster type players. But I'm I'd be shocked if the 49ers weren't at least on the phone with somebody about something, whether it's bringing in another player, a wide receiver, or they brought in a cornerback today that they. Uh, claimed off of waivers. Uh, they signed Michael Kendricks this week. There's movement to be had on NFL rosters. Who are the 49ers talking to? Are they looking at wide receivers to compete at the bottom of the roster? Are they talking about corners? Or are they talking about Jimmy Garoppolo to other teams? I, I'm having a hard time figuring out where that would be right now without another injury, but I guess it's possible. Well, I think yeah. you you nailed it with the cornerback talk, right? I mean, Mosley missed all that time with the COVID nineteen stuff, and then he came back and he and he's got a hamstring thing going. So it's like, of Does course he? they're going to bring it. Yeah, yeah, he can't. He he didn't practice today. Something with his hammy. So yeah, this is this is. You can see why they went out and got another cornerback, right? I mean, that makes perfect sense. Croc, I wish this was on YouTube because you could see Croc's reaction to that. He did not like yeah. hearing that Emmanuel Mosley is dinged up. I mean, come on, they gave you the game off so you can like rest up and, and be fine. And but you know, more reps for the young guys. I thought they played well. So, you know, we'll continue to see how they do and kind of monitor that. Again, I always talk about opportunities. This is a big opportunity for Diamondo Lenore to maybe try to push for a starting job. Mm-hmm. I bet we see him starting this weekend. Yeah. I had a question and I don't have the asker of that question in front of me right now. So apologies and thank you for the question to whoever it was that asked us about snap counts when it comes to the 49ers rookie defensive backs. And I do have those snap counts now in front of me. Okay, here we go. Uh, it was Adam on Twitter and he was asking about the, the preseason cornerback reps. So according to pro football focus, Diamador Lenore played 48 defensive snaps and he had the second highest grade as far as rookies on the 49ers in the first preseason game. And Ambry Thomas had just four fewer snaps. So they uh, they were top three. I think Jalen Moore was the other one. Yeah, Jalen Moore at left tackle played 47 snaps, and Ambry Thomas played 44 snaps. And according to Pro Football Focus, and according to Eric Crocker's grades, these are matching up. Diamondor Lenore graded out better than Ambry Thomas in that first game. By a lot, according to PFF. Uh, the best grade for 49ers rookies, 81.1, was undrafted linebacker Elijah Sullivan who, hmm. by all accounts, has earned himself a job and has had a pretty good camp so far. And he was in there with the starters in this game with the, you know, obviously Warner and them not playing. Uh, Justin Hilliard had a 62 grade. Jalen Moore had a 60.5 grade. Talanoa Hufanga, 59.3. Trey Sermon, 54.8. Austin Watkins, 54.2 on a broken foot. Trey Lance, third worst among rookie players for the 49ers. He only had a, I'll go into the details of why in a second, 48.8 grade on his 29 offensive snaps. Ambry Thomas, 43.2 grade and way down at the bottom, 29.8 overall grade, 0.0 pass block grade was Aaron Banks. And I'm assuming 0.0 pass block grade meant he won zero of his pass block reps. 
I think is what they're getting at with that kind of a grade in his 28 snaps. So that was the rookie report for PFF's grades. Um, I, you guys scrunched up your eyebrows when I said the, the Trey Lance thing, 48.8. And, and this is why it was the turnover worthy throws. And mm-hmm. PFF had three for Trey Lance. There was the two that went off DB's hands. Um, the third one, I'm not sure which one that is. Maybe the one where he went across the field that was incomplete to Richie James might have been it. it was, that was a dangerous throw. I don't know if it was turnover worthy. So according to Pro Football Focus, his accuracy in that preseason debut, 39% perfect throws, uh, 46% uncatchable throws, which was third worst. The 39% perfect throws was first among quarterbacks, though. So both ends of the spectrum there. 39% of his passes were perfect, which was best among quarterbacks. 46% of his throws were uncatchable, which was third worst among quarterbacks from the first preseason week. So, yeah, some, some major up and downs when you when you look at it that way. Well, I mean, you're talking about a, a kid who, you know, played essentially D2 football and played one game last year, you know. So you like to see the upside, but you got to understand that there's going to be that learning curve. <laughs> Yeah, you, you like you look you love the upside for sure. Also, I think a lot of the throws that he attempted were kind of downfield and in tight coverage. Yeah. Right? Like it wasn't like he was throwing two guys with big time separation. I mean, multiple passes to Charlie Warner, who wasn't getting any type of separation. The Richie James one over the middle, there was no separation. So I think maybe that had a little bit to do with it too, where it's like, man, I gotta be perfect on these throws instead of just having the confidence to be able to relax and get a ball in there. Right. Trying to force a few things and and maybe is he trying too hard to not run? Like yeah. we saw right. with Justin Did Fields. You see, take off Did you see my breakdown on that um almost interception on the uh Yes, I love that. Did you with, see how that corner that played was, that? Uh, was that DeAndre Baker? I think that, yeah, that I think corner that was, Baker. was. Yeah, that that was amazing, and that was a great breakdown of him looking at what he thought was man coverage. He goes and, and tries to hit that whole shot to the tight end, and all of a sudden, nope, that cornerback <laughs> is out there in in zone coverage and almost picked him off. But I mean, yeah. you could see how that would look like. What would so three plays? The the that play we're talking about where it went off the the cornerback's hands. The other almost interception he threw that went off a cornerback's hands or safety. I'm not sure who, who that was. I can't remember which that play, which play that was off offhand right now. But imagine if those were caught by the defenders. So, right. okay, Trey Lance, 5 of 14 passing, two interceptions. And what if on the big 80-yard touchdown play, what if the safety on that side of the field would have just hung out with his responsibility? It's in his, his job title is, is in the description of what position he plays. If you were the safety and you were the last man behind and you didn't go bailing out to the other side where there was already a safety over there, and he was there, and I don't know if that would have been an interception or an incomplete pass. It might have still been a touchdown, but maybe it was an incompletion or whatever, and the, and the state safety stayed home over the top of Trent Shurfield on that play. That's three plays. People would be losing their minds about how bad of a game it was for Trey Lance, right? With him doing zero else different. Yeah. I think you're completely right. right. I mean, that, that that big play, I think, saved him. You know, it's funny, too. I don't know if you guys actually heard the broadcast uh, a little bit later. Uh, they were talking to John Lynch, and they were kind of going over the play again. And John Lynch was like, oh, I love how he didn't check down. He didn't go to, to Ayuk there, who was open over the middle. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, oh, is that a shot of Jimmy? Or is that more like, you know, you, you love you love that, that the kid's taking a shot down the field because that's why they went and got him. But then that same mentality led to some maybe forcing throws later or maybe exactly. to the sack earlier where he didn't check it down to Gallman, who was open and didn't recognize that there was a blitzer coming. So there's there's work to do. Obviously, he's got all the physical ability. He's very smart, works hard, big arm, athletic. But 
let's slow down. Let's give him time. Let's make sure he's ready before you throw him out there, right? I See, mean, but I think I think he's only gonna. I think he needs those moments to yeah. improve on it. So I, I in think the preseason that you almost sure. have to play him so he can go through these things and kind of understand what he's seeing and what he can't do. I, I don't think that just sitting him at practice is going to help those things. So I think you would you should look at it from the standpoint of does he have a skill set that we can build around and win games? I, I think so. You know, but in the process, there's going to be those one, one or two throws that might get away, or might be inaccurate, or might get picked off. But it's like, damn, we get the same thing from Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> He's throwing terrible interceptions every game. I agree that the last part of his development is going to be reps. He, he needs not only preseason reps, he needs game reps too. But the 49ers are on this narrow ledge of they're trying to win too. They can't let him go through growing pains and throw away a game either. Like right. the 49ers go into Week One against the Detroit Lions. They're going to win it with Jimmy Garoppolo. They could probably win it with Nate Sudfeld. They could, I'm sure, win it with Trey Lance pretty easily. But the one way they could lose that game is if a rookie quarterback goes out there and throws a couple interceptions. Right? See, I that is the one way they could I, lose it. I don't, I'm not saying it's likely to happen that way. I watched the 49ers against Arizona last year, and that was a game that they should have won. And they lost that game, and I felt like a lot of it was because, yeah, you had the one play early on where Jimmy Garoppolo hit – uh, Raheem Moster and he outran everybody. But outside of that, like Jimmy wasn't sharp. He threw some balls into the ground. Right. Like he he short armed one that should have been a touchdown. Like he lost that game. So I, I really feel like in, in the Cardinals, when it came down to it, they were a middle of the pack team, like an eight and eight team. Like they weren't great. So like you you think in theory you should win with Jimmy Garoppolo because he's won more games than he's lost. He's won a lot more games than he's lost since being with the 49ers. But I think he needs a lot of help as well. I think a lot of it was due to having the number one defense. As far as his overall record looking the way it is, I don't know. And I, I still have to find out. We still got to watch a lot of Trey Lance. But what's the what's the trade-off, right? Like, what's what are you getting more from Jimmy than you can get from Lance, even if it looks a different way? You see what I'm saying? No, I, I, that, that makes perfect sense. And mm -hmm. the, the question— Like, he went three for three, but he had four air yards. But everybody's going to look, oh, right. three for three, <laughs> zero incompletions, 26 yards— no interceptable passes, right. but it's like you have four no, air yards. No can, turnover can worthy throws, Lance? but right. he completed all three of his passes. No, it's a great point, and it's that's why this conversation is so crazy, and it makes so some fans so nuts because they're so dug in on one side or the other. I, I will say this. The big question for me is, uh, and Wink, I'll go to you in a second. I know you got something, is what's best for Trey Lance in the long run? Is Trey Lance better in week 12 or in week one of 2022 because he goes through those lumps in weeks one through five this year. And are the 49ers willing to go through that? Because there's going to be growing pains with the rookie quarterback. And that's why you just trade Jimmy and go through it, right? So, th so there's no question about it anymore. That, that's, you know, that's where I'm at with this. And I don't think they're going to. Or I don't know if they really can. That's what the Jets did when I was with them. Remember, they drafted Geno Smith and had Mark Sanchez. Yeah. And they, they didn't trade Mark Sanchez, but they just put him on IR. He had a shoulder injury, mm -hmm. and that allowed Geno to get all the reps. And Trey Lance is better than Geno Smith as a prospect coming out. Oh, no doubt. I mean, or you mentioned, is he better in week 12 after taking the lumps, or is he better in week 12 having sat five or six weeks, Jimmy gets hurt, then he gets in there. You know, that that to me seems like a much better plan. And and just uh, to go back to a point earlier, you mentioned Trey needs the, the snaps. He needs to get in there. He needs to get in there with the first team. You know, he needs to get in there with a good offensive line. And, and, and his weapons. And, and it actually today at practice, he took two snaps uh, with the first teamers, both read options. So it's kind of 
you know, they're, they're bringing him along slowly. You know, that's definitely going to be a huge part of his game. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, kind of how they game plan this weekend. Yeah, they're working in the zone read stuff. So we're going to see him whether or not he starts or not. That's the other thing. So maybe it doesn't matter. Let Jimmy dink and dunk. And then when it's time to do something else, you bring in. I mean, I can't imagine a committee quarterback situation, but I almost no. feel like Kyle wants to do that, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to be fascinating if he does try to pull that off. Uh, one more quick question here. This one from Cody Blue Carp. He said, uh, Matt Mayoko mentioned it's not a good idea to have any quarterback running in preseason or even sliding because the injury risk. Do you guys agree which is worse, getting sacked or getting hit on a designed quarterback run? Uh, I don't. If you're getting hit, you're getting hit. That's the one right. thing that I don't like about any running quarterback is people who get hit in the NFL get hurt, and we've even seen how quickly careers can change. Someone like um, Cam Newton, you know, he takes such a pounding in his career. And that's what I wonder about. Um, The thing is, nobody gets a shot. Nobody gets a clean shot on Lamar Jackson. But Trey Lance has more of a Cam Newton style, you know, running style than uh, than Lamar Jackson. And he would bowl over people in college. I don't want to see Trey Lance go out there and run a whole bunch of zone read in his rookie season and then get hurt. And then that really derails his career as a passer. So he's got to be a passer first. Use your legs when it's necessary, when it helps you, when it benefits you. I, a it's running quarterback is a hurt quarterback. It, just like yeah. a running back is a hurt running back. That's just that's that's one aspect of any running quarterback that worries me. You can't overuse it. I mean, it, it it's hard for me to to kind of make that distinction because guys get hurt in the pocket all the time. My favorite all time player is Steve Young, and he ended his career getting sacked inside the pocket. So you get you, you mentioned it. You get hit, you get hurt. Like that, it's football. You you don't want to see it in the preseason. Obviously, I, I'm okay. If they never run him, you know, it, on a plan. But if even if he's going to get sacked, and he instead he can step up, run three yards and slide, like that makes a little bit more sense when you're trying to stay healthy in, in the preseason, at least. We're out of time. I've already gone way over time. I shouldn't even ask the last question, and maybe not even the question before that. The folks at the network <laughs> get mad at me because we go long. But you know what? Sometimes with Croc and Wink, we got to go a little bit long. So I hope everybody enjoyed our podcast today. Nick, thank you as always for joining us here. My pleasure, guys. Croc and I back tomorrow. We're breaking down 49ers wide receivers from week one. And we'll start looking ahead to preseason week two as well. Right here, Locked on 49ers. See you.